podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, it's James Baldwin here welcoming you to another episode of Oz F1, Australia's favourite Formula One podcast as we review Suzuka Japan Grand Prix with my friends and yours, the two Thomases, Tommy T. G'day to you, my friends. What's going on, boys? And campy mate, hey, Gam. Boys, how are you? Yes, mate. Oh, I'm doing well, Tommy. Okay, cool. No, sorry, I just was waiting for you to answer. Uh, boys, well, it's been a big weekend for motorsport in this country. Of course, the Bathurst 1000, if you're listening anywhere else in the world, that's a little race that we have here in Australia. I think it's the only race that outside of Melbourne Grand Prix, anyone outside of the country watches. Uh, very interesting. Quite great, great slower. To see Zach Brown there. Zach Brown, who is, who is invested into the Walkinshaw Andretti uh, motorsport team. Uh, they didn't do all that well, to be honest, with Bathurst, but uh, he was there and I'm sure watching very closely uh, as Suzuka, as we all were, because it was a super Sunday. Gents, we haven't had this for a long time, qualifying in the morning and the race in the afternoon. i tell you what, there were some very lucky drivers, specifically Kevin Magnussen and Robert Kubica, who binned it and managed to get into the car to actually start the race. Boys, the guys in the garage did an incredible job on both of those cars. I like it. I really like I think we should go back to a qualifying on a Sunday and a race on the Sunday afternoon because it puts a hell of a lot more pressure on the drivers and the teams to get it right in qualifying and not compromise themselves for the races. And I just think it just it would add an extra level of or a degree of hardness. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because last time around we had this massive conversation about, oh, we're going to have a mini race to see where everyone's going to end up on the grid. And this is an example of it being, you know, a little bit different and not, not on the uh, the day before the actual race. And so I think you're right, Campy. It's nice to see a bit of a change up in everything. I mean, the conditions were hard. It was very breezy yeah. out there. I mean, tail end of a typhoon, we can't forget that, you know, they had to close the whole bloody track for a day and cancel all the support races just to make sure the F1 had no issues at all. Yeah, and they cancelled some Rugby World Cup games as well because mm. of safety to players and people in the stadium. Yeah, unbelievable, That's how isn't it? dangerous it was. Yeah. So. Yeah, they packed down the whole broadcast tent that they usually just leave up because they were just worried it was all going to blow away. They had to pack down all their equipment and get there at 5 a.m. as soon as there was light and then reset up everything seamlessly so we didn't even know. So there's a lot of work that went into getting that back and set up after a massive typhoon coming through. Well, we were very glad because, Tommy, you and I were both watching the Grand Prix and Bathurst at the same time. It was yes. hard to see what was going on between the <laughs> so two races at once. <laughs> In both, but that's okay. It's, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, Campy. What's the latest in the paddock? What's going on? We haven't heard much in the way of team news and driver changes, have we? No, there's not much going on at the moment. I think uh, I don't think anything's concrete is going to be is going to happen or be said uh, until after the season's finished. Yep. I don't think they'll announce anything. Mm. We um, do have a potential driver coming up from F2 Tommy into Robert Kubitz's seat, don't we? Do we? <laughs> Latifi. We've got well, it's Nick DeFries and and Nick Latifi, both Nicholases. That's going <laughs> to be really helpful. It's like DeFries, doing a podcast with two Thomases. DeFries has already signed for Formula E next year in the Mercedes yep. for their first year in E. So, so it's looking like um, Latifi's had three years in Formula Two, so he's probably the likely candidate. But there's a few drivers that they're probably looking at in there, but he seems to be the. Can the I just point out pick. that Alex Albon also signed for Formula E, Ooh. and he's driving a Formula One car. <laughs> 
Like, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, he, and even he said, like, I had signed the contract. The documentation was done and then I was parachuted into the Toro Rosso. So, yeah, it's very interesting now. But the Con- biggest contracts these days aren't. They're worth nothing, worth the aren't they? Mm. They're written on. If the, you want it, to get out of them, you can. You can absolutely. And the interesting thing, we're talking about contracts as well, and and Danny Rick and his former former manager as well, having to settle out of court to the tune of about ten million dollars from memory. Yep. It's a big payout, and he was saying though that he'd been talking with Renault in negotiations for two years with yep. Cyril. Unbelievable. It's it's funny how all these things sort of come out of the woodwork now. He and uh, Daniel aren't in a business relationship anymore, but apparently they, inverted commas, wish each other well. So that's uh, <laughs> nice and politically correct of both yeah. of them. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Uh, but someone who's allegedly not going anywhere, Nico Hockenberg, has basically left the sport as far as I'm concerned. Boys, there is no seats left I for him. I think he'll go to WEC. I think, yeah, Giannavati's pretty much sealed his spot for next year, I think, because he's part of that Ferrari driver program. Yep. They'll want to keep him around, part of their crew. And, and we were just talking before we started recording, boys, that uh, Mick Schumacher hasn't really made much of a dent in F, uh, F2 this year. And so he's unlikely to step up into Giovinazzi's seat as much as they would like the sponsorship dollars. I am sure they probably want to win some races and get some points up there as well. Give him another year. One thing that my, all the drivers say is that when they first get into F3 or F2 or even F1, the tyre compounds are all the same, but it's really difficult to understand how the tyres work and operate their optimum temperatures, and they've got to relearn to drive these cars to maximise the tyres, so you'll see a lot of these first year drivers really struggle with it, but Mick Schumacher has performed absolutely superbly for his first year, he's got a race win, but he's learning every race, and I think that's all they need him to do, it'd be a mistake to rush him up to F1 straight away, Yeah. I would suggest after next year, if he gets three or four more wins, not necessarily a championship, but if he keeps on the same trajectory that he's at, he will move up into Formula 1. Some other news that's going on at the moment, we're just talking again before, but uh, there's some other potential new interested parties wanting to join Formula 1. Obviously, we've got a couple of teams at the moment who have been around for a long time, and the likes of Haas, who are relatively uh, new—well, not relatively new, but relatively new for this uh, uh, iteration—are staying around, which is good. But we're just saying that Ross Braun is saying that these guys are probably going to have to wait till 2022 before they're going to be allowed to join the grid. Uh, One person who's happy about that is Cyril, uh, because he's got someone to sell some engines to, uh, (laughs) because he doesn't have anybody at the moment going forward from next year. Well, it seems like Renault is quite a difficult team to deal with from the business aspect of Formula 1. Like They've burnt their relationship with Red Bull, McLaren. Who else did they burn? Everybody else basically. Yeah, well, no one can. seems to want to do any business with them. Even some of the parts that they supply as well, like MGUKs and ECUs. When they're not working on the uh, the factory team. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. kind of hard. So good on Renault. Pick your game up a bit. <laughs> well, anyway, it's interesting, I think, because having more teams in the sport is, you know, bigger racing, more competition. Hopefully with these new regulations as well, we'll see – a, a different flock of, of drivers mm. coming up towards the front of the grid, which would be good because at the moment we're a little bit bored. There was whispers we? as well that the uh, the drivers have vetoed the no tyre blankets rule that we were all looking forward to. So yeah. the tyre blankets are likely to stay, unfortunately. Dumb, dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb. We're all dumb. excited to see drivers actually use their skill to switch on some tyres without just data getting poured into their microphones. And Yeah. Yeah. We've also had... Uh, Liberty Media's communications director stepped down after two years, after his first two-year stint. 
He has worked in F1 before under Bernie Eccleston. He was the media and um, management director back under Bernie Eccleston. But he has really delivered that F1 Pro platform that in Australia we know nothing about because Foxtel has a <laughs> has a lockdown and all those rights for any streaming and that sort of stuff. But he seems to have done I used it when I was in the States earlier in the year. It seems to be a pretty good product. Um, you get all the Sky Sport commentary mixed with the, the live feed that's sent around, around the world. But he's moved on, which but it suggests to me that there's too much there's too many contracts in place at the moment for them to really do what they want to do from a media and uh, from a media perspective. Yeah. So we just need to give it some time, maybe the next three or four years, for all those things to be broken down in order to do what they Liberty Media want to move in the future. Can I just jump back to the Schumacher family? And I've just remembered that Ralph Schumacher has a son, David, who is racing in F three at the moment. He's three years younger than Mick. And he uh, stepped into an F3 car uh, only in uh, in Russia. So he's coming up as well. Ooh. We might actually see a reversal in the brothers to cousin situation here. We, Ralph was a solid driver for whose whole career was just unfortunately overshadowed by his big brother. But Well, he could drive. He was quick. Oh, yeah. On his day, he was he was doing incredibly yep. well indeed. All right, gentle. let's talk about the actual race, shall we? The, uh, the Super Sunday. Your favourite moment of the race? Campy. What was your favourite moment in the race? You're allowed to say what happened after the race as well if you want. It's probably Leclerc getting penalised after the race was good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a savage. <laughs> um, Why is that campy? Bottas's start was exceptional. Um, Not as good as uh, Vettel's start. Vettel had started before the lights had even gone off. He knew he was going he needed off. needed to follow James' rule of just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, your five-second penalty yeah, if you're 10 seconds in front. Right? Doesn't Good matter. Luck. <laughs> it's, it's a cheat code they haven't unlocked yet. <laughs> yeah, that was a good moment, I thought. Yeah, Vettel should have got penalised for that. I know it's within the Formula 1's regulations or parameters set for a false start, but you move four lights it throws your teammate off next mm. year and ultimately he lost out big time anyway but I still think still think Vettel should have got punished for that I still think if Bottas be a real stickler for the rules yeah, like it seems to like change you. every no, race Bottas' start regardless was still elite he was, yeah, it was oh, as it good was as you're going to get yeah. 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 It, was, it was very reminiscent of Vettel's start last time out so was um, Carlos Sainz start that was pretty epic too mm. he actually got past at Hamilton at one stage and yeah, both those McLarens were very quick the outside and they made some contact and some carbon fibre went spinning. There's a lot of carbon fibre that went spinning on <laughs> lap one. It was. Tommy, blur. your favourite moment of the race? Uh, probably the uh, Homer, the Danny Rick coming through. When uh, Hulkenberg was actually in front and they were, he's kind of like, oh, I can't get through this back. He's like, well, bloody well move over and I'm coming through. He took through, I think it was both the racing points and some alphas and just got straight through and got on with it. My only bone to pick with that is is that we didn't see any of the passes. No, exactly. That <laughs> stupid race director. He's back. He's whoever the Chinese race director was is back again. <laughs> and he's is sent this one down. Ja- James and I were watching well. at one point and watching one car by themselves with like five seconds before Hamilton. there was even a car. Here's Hamilton. Okay. Like, can we please what watch we some watching? car on car action? Oh, That'd be lovely. And they're like, oh, yeah, Danny Ricks just passed all this. Well, yeah, so, well, can we see it, please? Why are we watching you. someone just run around by oh, themselves? Thank dumb. you. It dumb. was a bit dumb. Hey, I really enjoyed Alex Albon's race. Uh, obviously, he didn't have much in the way of competition from his teammate because he bowed out in the second corner, but it was very good for Honda to have a good representation towards the front. I said yep. towards the front and not at the front because he ended up 59 seconds off the, the lead. Well, so Honda had pumped themselves 
themselves up. They really set themselves for this track. If you think about the previous races, they yeah. took engine penalties. They'd be set. They had a new fuel upgrade for this week. Things were looking good off the start and unfortunate for Verstappen because his race pace compared to his teammates all year has been clearly in that 8 to 1.2 seconds, 8 tenths, better than everyone else. So I think if, if Verstappen had got that start and he wasn't taken out at turn two, I think we could have seen a, a really strong um, Red Bull, which we haven't seen since the mid-season break, really. It's a bit of a shame because we knew that they had led into this and they took engine penalties last time to get into Suzuka and be really yeah. strong here and it just didn't come together for them. Driver of the race, Tommy T, who was your driver of the race? I think we could go Albon. Yeah. 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 I think he didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to agree with he you maxed, and say Albon. He, he, maxed, he matched Max. He did max qualifying <laughs> to the second, like to the point of the second. Yeah. Like spot on identical qualifying lap. So that's as good as you can you, ask, you really. You can't argue with that, can yeah. you? And I know it can't be that you say, well, they're looking for someone to push Max, but really for this late in the season, entering the car. In a very windy, random yeah. qualifying session, yeah. not bad. I think Max would say he had a really bad qualifying. Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for me, Carlos Sainz, yep. get a fifth place was pretty special. <laughs> McLaren are just doing it to us, aren't they, they are, really? And it's good to see a McLaren genuinely in the mix of the Red Bull. Yep. yep. You know, we haven't seen that for a long time. It's a good turnaround in yeah, about bloody time. It, folks. But, of course, that's because Fernando left. That's why it's happened. <laughs> Best team of the day, including team principal, Campy. Uh, uh, you've got to give it to Merck. They wrapped yeah, up the Mercedes. Yep. It's really annoying that well, I'm going to say this again. Yes, I'm, I agree. I'm shocked Hamilton didn't stay out for those last 10 laps, but mm. um, anyway, we can talk about that a bit later. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let's just jump straight into it, boys, uh, and go, as we normally do, from back to front in to for the grid. Uh, Teams-wise, let's talk about Williams right at the very back. Robert Kubica going off. <laughs> Why would you have rebuilt that car? Like, wow. in all honesty, like, I'm sorry. It sounds like a joke thing to say, but that is a lot of effort, a lot of parts and things to put together for them to come in 19th. Like, con- do you know what I mean? And considering Williams... It's a good question. Like, genuinely. In, they stopped in mid-race last race to per, to save to save parts for the next one. Yeah. So, to <laughs> be in qualifying like you did, I'd just be like... They were saying they hadn't allocated a front wing to either driver because they only had one. Of the new ones, so they weren't going to like pick it, pick a favourite kind of. If we think back to Melbourne, it was exactly the same. They had no spare parts. Their manufacturing was just as bad as their yep their on track performance really, and they seem to have. I think it's these out of Europe steps. races. Yeah, they yeah. just can't do the it. The last couple of races, they've been in the mix, though. I mean, it's not points, but they're they're getting closer. Except Set for this one, down in the mix. We're <laughs> in the mix at the very back with the Haas drivers. That's all I meant. Yeah, well, <laughs> Tommy's favorite team. Still yeah, three times a race. <laughs> yeah, blue flags. Yeah, I, in all seriousness, like that's a lot to put on your your team to do, and then they've still got to front up to a race and be ready to go. Like I think you would have just kind of retired the car and gone, hey. Let's just focus on George. I think if I was on Robert's side of the garage, I'd be a pretty frustrated man this year. Yeah. Yeah. They've tried the experiment and it was good to see him back, which we've spoken about, but geez, these last five races of the year are going to be a tough, tough slog. Just the the faces of the Williams mechanics when he went into the wall. (laughs) Just like, are you serious too? What are we doing here? Yeah. Who, what? Okay, anyway, George Russell apparently was on the track as well, but didn't really see much of him. Haas, Kevin Magnussen finishing in 17th, Ooh, and Roman Grosjean finishing in 15th. The dizzying heights. 
Well, K-Mag did the exact same thing as Kubica. Binned it before yep. he even started his lap. The and wind must have been pretty bad at that end. I think it was the, they were saying the tailwind coming into that final corner on their out lap ready to start their flying lap. They just couldn't couldn't sort it. But to be honest, like it looked like Magnussen was out in trouble about three corners ago and he just kind of kept his foot in it instead of yeah. – just letting it go. He looked. Yeah, I, I was the same. I was like, you had a chance to correct that. <laughs> you lost that just, a while ago, you pal. You just kept your foot on yeah. the accelerator no, I'm pretty, and tried to push But I'm actually pretty sure Ericsson hit him uh, me too. going into that corner. Yeah. So that was the problem. This was the same Magnuson we saw in Canada when he <laughs> crashed in qualifying track. and then just Ericsson sooked during the race. <laughs> Yeah, he just sooked. Yeah. He was. He doesn't like being at the back. He's just a big baby. All oh, my suits moving around. Yeah, well, that yeah. sounded like a bit of a just an excuse, didn't it? Just it split really? retire me, but I'm coming in. I don't want to. Yeah, that's that's exactly. In fact, that's actually live recorded footage of the radio just then. If you if you heard that, that was Kevin Magnuson talking on the radio, not Tommy T, yeah. just making that yeah. up. But anyway, it was because his very team did a fair effort to get his car ready for him to race, and then he's pretty ungrateful because he's out there. Just having a sook. Classic. Yeah, but they kept him for next year, so. Well, that's their fault because they're dumb. They kept that's both his of them. boy. That was so <laughs> <laughs> Clearly it works for you, Campy, and for Kevin Magnuson. Okay, Antonio Giovinazzi uh, finishing in 16th and Kimi Raikkonen finishing in 14th. Jeez, Tommy T, you and I were just saying before that Kimi Raikkonen needs to go. Yeah, he does. He's done. He's done. done. He's 100% He's done, done for. Boys, so ah, mate. Boys. He's been out qualified heaps since the mid-season I'm pretty sure break. He I think just, he's still on holidays. He just turned 40. Yeah. So that's why he doesn't care anymore. He's like, yeah. I'm the oldest driver on the grid now. Do not care. I well, think he's been a while. body double in from holidays. He's still somewhere in a sauna having fish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Just remember, going back to Spa, the rumour uh, was here that, we he, go. that he had a crash on a motorbike on a, <laughs> one of his dirt bikes. Because he, he, he used to have a... Um, a professional racing team in the MHGP, yeah. the Husqvarna yep. Ice One entry. So, but I think he's still on holidays. Yeah, or he had he's a still really, away. He had a really big session, and he just hasn't come back the same. Driver he was he doing was something time. different yeah. while the typhoon was coming he's through. He's so used to drink driving now oh. that it's actually taking a lot longer for him to sort it out. <laughs> How's that footage of him at Monaco when he crashed? Yes. Just walks straight to his yacht. Yeah, I'm shirt out. off, has a beer. <laughs> And that is why we love Kimmy. I'm pretty sure the sunglasses are glued to his head as well. He wears them under the helmet. He's too. Talking, well, I was singing his praises at the mid at the mid season break, but he's yeah, he's still on holiday. Yeah, we love we love you, Kimmy. We're just kidding, by the way, Kimmy. As you're listening to this, please don't of go. course you do. Tommy and I were just kidding. I'm sure you had a good chuckle indeed with that. Uh, McLaren. Uh, Lando finishing in 13th, far way behind Carlos Sainz, and that was a bit of an issue because Albon had a bit of a hey gown with him uh, yeah. towards the very beginning of the race and yep. caused some big issues. That would have been an interesting press conference afterwards. I didn't see it, but uh, obviously these two boys are very good mates. And I'm sure, I mean, Lando's radio message was pretty like, oh, come on. It's like, he, Dude. Just, he just crashed into me. What do you it wasn't, think? It wasn't like Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen who were like, oh, yeah, guys, what did you think of the incident, Campy? What was that, James? <laughs> Where it did was, that come from? It was a soundbite, mate. If you were the race director, Campy, if you were the stewards, what oh, would you say? That kind of power. I, I would have, I would have penalised Albon for that. Really? One, I reckon. Yeah, you don't think I, he was far enough the inside? I think he was pretty far in. Mate, if you look at the angle that Lando was always turning in yeah. to that corner, and. Albon left him no room. He torpedoed. He straight He just it. arrived, didn't he? And very quickly. I'm here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember, it. that's a tight technical part of the circuit mm. where that was going to happen. I 
Yeah, I would have penalised him. But, but the gap was there too. The gap was there. And James and I said it when we are watching live, that is exactly what we want from a Red Bull driver is to yep. throw it in there, which yep. is Gasly would not yeah, have done didn't that. didn't from Pierre. <laughs> no, he At all. Uh, but McLaren having a good time out at the bowling alley on the yes. Saturday is basically all we saw from the social media uh, from those two guys. It's fu- it's honestly so funny watching how sort of better friends they're becoming off track as well. It's yeah. like you don't have a team parent. It's just a reminiscent of Max and Daniel when Daniel was still winning. <laughs> Back at Red Bull when like Before the social Max was media like, now nah, it's my turn. Yeah, correct. Like it was a good gelling uh, there. So do we think that's going to happen when Lando starts beating Sainz? Well, that's what I was going to say. Revival reversal. I, I don't know. We, we, we seem to think that Sainz is this elder statesman. He's not that old. He's, he's 24, not, isn't he? Well, no. He's not he's still young. Yeah, he, but I don't think he's that kind of person though. Like he seems to be very measured. Like his dad is an excellent sportsman. Yeah. Yeah. He does have a granddad haircut now though. He's gone very just... Comb over <laughs> rubbish. Probably got a wife. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking like that for? <sighs> <laughs> Turn 30, they said. It would be fun, they said. Moving straight on to another disappointment, Danny Kvyat in the Toro Rosso. Uh, he finished in 12th and Pierre Gasly finishing in 8th. Uh, Tommy, you've got an interesting fact about Gasly and qualifying. It's been 5-1 in qualifying since the break. Out qualifying Danny Kvyat, 5 qualifications to 1. is an interesting turnaround. You would not have picked it with the way that Gasly was driving when he was in the Red Bull to come back down, but... Apparently that's all he needed was a confidence boost to go back in a car that he knew and did pretty well in, well, well enough to get promoted in, in the first place. It just goes to show just how different these cars are though. Are though. You know, it's a junior team, fine, but very Albon different had said they're quite different. Like they're, they're both very different driving cars for being in the same team. Surprised. Yeah, we've spoken about that. The, the Toro Rosso, you really drive from the rear. You know, you use the accelerator to do a lot of your, yep. a lot of your cornering, whereas... Whereas the Red Bull's quite light in the rear and it's heavier in the front. So I think that's where Gasly said he really struggled with the Red Bull. But what's the race? What's the race comparison for the first race? I would have said it was 3 2. It's, it's fairly even. Like, yeah. But yeah. Gasly's had some good like, points, to yeah, be honest. I mean, Kvyat qualified really badly yeah. in this race. And again, that's that Super Sunday qualify in the morning, get it right in really hazardous conditions. And that's the difference between the midfield, and it has been all year. You get yep. it right or you get it wrong. I, I don't think it's. I don't think the gap we saw between the two was a good correlation to actually where they are, how fast they are together. But I, I yeah, the more I this season goes on, the more I believe that Kvyat, Gasly, and not so much Albon, but those two just don't shouldn't be an F one. But they're all just they're of the same cut. They're not. Yeah, they're not yeah. really going to be in a top drive anymore. We don't think they're at least yep. here for another year before Red Bull can sort out its junior pool or pull some people well, yeah, from Renault or somewhere something else. Going into the new regs because oh. otherwise they don't really have much to do, do they? Yeah, I just reckon Gasly goes. But, goes. I mean, they're not long term prospects. There's stranger no. things have happened. I mean, Carlos Sainz went to Renault on lease from Red Bull, so yep. there's there is no stopping Mercedes or Renault sending a driver to Toro Rosso on lease there. And I know that, you know, Christian Horner said, oh, we only take from the talent pool. But he said to Pierre Gasly that he was going to keep him for the rest of the year. So yeah, they talk crap. Yeah, you know. And, uh, and then maybe Fernando will drive for Toro Rosso. Can't oh, what do you think? Hope. He's probably made phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> Get me in that Honda. <laughs> uh, I love Honda. It's my favourite engine. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Am I still here? Nope. Uh, racing point. 
Lance Stroll finishing 11th and Sergio Perez not finishing until he did finish, which was apparently after he crashed, but before he crashed uh, in ninth. Explain. Well, I think, Tommy, you should explain this one. So apparently the checkered flag came out early. I think it was flash up on the screen or on Hamilton's some kind girlfriend of... again. Yeah. <laughs> so the rule is if the checkered flag is flashed in any way, the race must end because it compromises people's strategies, et cetera, et cetera. And that is the rule. So the checkered flag was flashed early for some reason because there was something wrong with the timing, the FIA said, some timing feature. So anyway, so the race finished a lap earlier than we all thought. Um, which means that Checo's crash doesn't count. And he finished in ninth, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, he'll be he'll be stoked, to be honest, but... No one behind him is stoked. <laughs> no. Stroll had a good weekend. Which Stroll automa- qualified well. Which automatically means next weekend he's going to be a boy again. Yeah. <laughs> this is how he works. He's in that puberty stage where he's just going in and out. <laughs> Showing flashes. <laughs> good. <laughs> Thanks, Campy. Ah, uh, daddy camp. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Renault. They finished, uh, Nico Hockenberg finishing in 10th and our boy Danny Rick finishing in 6th. Potentially not, though. We've got some not. issues going Explain on. Explain Campy. Yeah, Campy, come on. Hang on, I'll just talk pull us. it up so I'll get this right. Yeah, okay, so. His but, iPhone, he means. So the nut. <laughs> the, uh, the nutshell <laughs> is that uh, there has been an appeal lodged against Renault from Racing Point for the following reasons. Racing Point claims Renault uses a preset lap distance dependent brake bias adjustment system. So we were trying to figure out what this actually means before. <laughs> it's a lot of jargon. <laughs> and we don't understand because with the brake bias, you can the drivers change it all the time. Yep. But we think the, uh, the lap distance dependent side of it means that there is once fuel loads decrease – in the electronics and the computer program somehow it automatically adjusts how much braking force mm. is attributed to depend on the weight. Yeah, and the as the car gets lighter with less fuel, you need time. less brakes, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not too sure. So anyway. It's interesting though that they have that kind of information. I mean, surely it's just a bit of a step in the dark. Well, I I think it's it's a bit like Mercedes knowing how far Ferrari's going to get out of their tyres. Yeah. They do a lot of research on other teams, particularly ones that they think they're racing. Mm, that's true. And I would suggest that Racing Point has has had a fundamental idea about where Renault should be braking and how much performance they have under brakes in the car. And they've realised that this weekend that that's jumped increasingly and they go, oh, well, they use a system like this much like we do, so they must have cheated the system somehow, therefore we're going to. Yeah. It's all speculation, it's all allegedly, but that's the only way I can rationalise yeah. it to myself. Yep. Um, you just I don't, don't like the snitchiness of it is what I don't like. Like, yeah. guys, settle down. You lost, you didn't place well. You're lucky you bloody got to place because Checo binned it yeah. and he still gets a place and then you come out and you go, oh, I'm going to sling mud at someone else and hopefully get another spot. Not our boy Danny Rick. Anyway, leave him alone. Speak. It was a great race by Danny Rick. I think the Renault strategy team finally got it together. Yeah, Danny, that's Danny Rick had some genuine race pace. They weren't yeah. quick in qualifying. No, they were terrible yeah, in and qualifying. They weren't great in FP one or FP two on Friday either. So yeah. Danny Rick came out and said, "Our times today don't don't really." suggest anything to do with our race pace or yep. what our car's capable of. But qualifying, I mean, he didn't get out of Q1. I think that... Hulkenberg finished 15th. So. Yeah. 
They were saying the wind was just messing with her completely. So they've got a very low downforce car, from what we understand. Yes. And they said a lot of the other teams had bolted on some downforce for the tighter sections in Section 1 and a bit of Section 2. Yeah. But... the Renaults were worried that if they they did anything like that, then they would have been completely compromised in sector three when it's a lot faster. So and they they said they would have just yeah. got gotten overtaken every single time. So, I mean, it's they a, guess right to be honest. It's, it's a great sad, race place. sad state of affair, really, when yeah. that becomes an issue when your car it? is one sided like that. Yeah, and Danny Rick made that one stop work better than any yeah. other midfield cars as yep. well. He went to lap thirty, I think, on the first stint, and then mm-hmm. he did it thirty one. I think he was yeah. But that just gave him the tie loss in the softs to be able to draw back that nine-second gap yep. when he came back out on yep. track and then overtake everyone. So, And Hulk really struggled behind cars today. Mm. Yeah. I think, look, Hulk was unlucky. I think the strategy for him didn't play out because when he pitted and came out, he just got stuck behind so much traffic that yep. he just loses tyres, following cars. It's not good for it. So a bit of a shame, And but for Hulkenberg, it's... Doesn't do anything for his future. No, in no. Formula One. Yeah, it's kind of it's slipping away from him. It is, and he has no control over it. Speak about no control. Red Bull. Max Verstappen having no control over Charles Leclerc. We just mentioned it just before. Max for crashing. Max for crashing. Uh, it's definitely not. He can't be shaking his head. <laughs> but I tell you what, boys. In qualifying, the Red Bulls did a. Identical time, one twenty-seven eight five one down to that digit <laughs> for both it's pretty Max incredible. and Alex. And of course, could uh, do that if you try. If you do the As same time, before, Max struggled in oh, Settle down. <laughs> Didn't get it right. It's funny just looking at the times though. You've got so for Q one, Max was one twenty-eight seven five four, and Albon was one twenty-nine three five one. In Q two, one twenty-eight four nine nine for Max and one twenty-eight one five six. Albon pipped him in Q two. Yep. Yeah, and then Q3 at the same time. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting, but not by much, though. I mean, the no, other way around was, you know, a big gap. Because Japan's not an easy track for drivers. Like, oh, it's a driver's the circuit. The drivers love it. I love that. Everyone keeps saying, oh, it's a driver's circuit. It's not a spectator circuit. <laughs> it's not a spectator circuit. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. We'll Good. just leave you, oh. you leave you guys alone, and we'll just come back and meet you in uh, Mexico, maybe. Right. Turns one and two into the, the S's and then the Dunlop curve into Degna. That is... Sector one, that is a cracking sector of a racetrack, and then 130R is just the greatest. <laughs> it is, that is very good. Going to taking that flat seems sketchy sometimes. <laughs> it's good to do, so I'm all about it. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's a whole thing. But as we said, Albon was obviously our driver of the day for Tommy yep. and I. Uh, we're really happy for him, really, really happy indeed. Okay, well, right. talk okay. about Max. No, no, no. So right, we'll move on. We'll move on because we'll talk about Leclerc and how crappy he is. We're, 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 talking, we're talking about Ferrari right now. Right. Uh, off you go. So Leclerc, that was the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest thing I've ever seen. Ever? How it's many a, dumbs is that? It's a big call. Uh, Leclerc, Max gave him so much room. He went to the outside and there was so much room for Leclerc. I looked at an onboard replay from Leclerc's angle. Now, Did Paul, he straighten up? No. <laughs> No, he didn't even try and keep that car tight. He just completely cut Verstappen off, and I think that was ultimately his downfall in the end. Paul DeResta alluded to the fact that um, Leclerc may have lost downforce being Shut so up. close to Vettel, but I was like, look at the steering angle. It's the steering he angle. He didn't try yeah. and correct. He straightened up and then hit. He didn't expect Verstappen to be there, I don't no, think. No, but he didn't leave any space. Yeah, and it's good to see he got a penalty after the race, and then... For the idiotic... He got two penalties, didn't he? Well, he did, and so he should have. I mean, look, we're at this sport's gone safety conscious. 
10 years ago, they wouldn't have worried about that stuff. But now with the halo protecting heads after what we saw happen to Felipe Massa with mm-hmm. a bolt going through his helmet and he misses misses races. If there's a problem with your car and carbon fibre's going on the track, you've got to pit. You've got to rectify it straight away. What's really funny, though, is that Leclerc is saying to his team, you know, they're like, box, box. And he's like, why? Well, to Leclerc's credit, he can't see that in Okay, play. checking. <laughs> But also, <laughs> you don't have a front wing, pal. Uh, but he, he remained out there, so he went in. Sorry, so they get in. <laughs> every other Ferrari radio call ever. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Who's behind me? Okay, we are checking. <laughs> Did I just win the race? Okay, we are checking. Like, <laughs> all Ferrari do is check. They do nothing else Checking on the, the pit wall. Where's Wallace? Has anybody seen Bernardo? Okay, checking. <laughs> he was uh, he was unsafe for a long time until yeah. the end plate flew off the car and took Lewis's wing mirror off, and then yeah. he was fine. Yeah, but he got yeah. a fifteen second penalty. The fa- the funniest thing was, and we said this uh, during the last moments of the race when Leclerc was pitted because he wanted to go for the fastest lap, which by the way he didn't get anyway. But they pitted him because he caught into some traffic. The guys are like, well, yeah, if he, if if he comes out where he comes out, he's going to be at risk if he gets this penalty. So, you know, the investigation was closed whilst it all happened, racing incident, and then it was reopened, and then it was decided that they'll decide after the race. So he didn't know where he was going on. So he was at least probably faced with a 10-second time penalty. Why the hell with a 24-second gap that they pitted him and then it's still – like, anyway, he's lost out. So he lost two places as a result of him still not getting fastest lap. (laughs) The team radio and – the decision making going on at Ferrari when Leclerc was in six. This decision making, pit- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, Kenny. <laughs> I think even Karun Chandok alluded to the fact that when that guy is sh- shaking, are you about to quote Karun Chandok? All right, I'm ready. Well, paraphrase because I can't remember the actual quote. But even right. Karun Chandok was shaking in his head, going, "Why Ferrari so stupid? Why are they even <laughs> considering this as an option? Mm. Just for one maybe point, it's not worth oh, it, mate." Well, and as a result, he lost more points than yeah. he would have gained. Stupid. Ridiculous. I think he would have lost the position either way. If he had a stayed out, I th- think the stewards would have gone, you deserve to lose a place for what you did anyway. So They would have given him more. Whether yeah. it was 15 seconds or he finished a minute in front of Ricardo, they just would have made the penalty. A one place drop. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough as well. But Seb Vettel, though, man, what a qualifying oh. session. He was on fire yeah. on Sunday morning. Oh, there's still some fight in the old dog, isn't there? No. This was a really good qualifying. It just, you know, you're just doing purple sectors. Like, yeah, okay, Leclerc's up. Purple, uh, here comes Seb. And mm. just was trouncing it ever. Like three purple sectors on his final qualifying lap. Yeah. yeah you look at so last, aggressive in that last sector. Oh. You look at the last three races. Like, we've had five races since the mid-season uh, break. Uh, Leclerc came out and won the first two. Then Vettel came out and won the next one. Should have won the second one if it wasn't for dumb team orders that we spoke about. Yep. And then this week comes out and puts it on pole and probably should have won the race if he didn't get that bad start. But there's still some fight in the old dog and Leclerc showed some uh, childish tendencies this weekend. <laughs> Not again. Like all good drivers do. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. This is well, it's a hardcore competitive Kip, environment. Is not wrong though. Uh, we could see Leclerc did not like being in traffic. He doesn't like kind of following. We saw this in Monaco. Remember when he cracked it and he was... And doing stupid things. He predicted the crash at Monaco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. But we, he likes to be at the front. He's very much needs to qualify well. Otherwise, he can't really do much else. 
It's a mindset thing though, isn't it? Because when he was in the Sauber back then, when it was called Sauber, he was very good at following other cars. It's again about a car that's designed to be in front. Yeah, slash and it sounds designed like he follow. still hasn't figured this car out yet. Yep. The great news is Ferrari haven't figured themselves out yet and they never will. Never so will. there is that. Because <laughs> well, this are, Ferrari looks very good since the mid-season break. Yeah, I, they've figured I, it out. I think the only difference between Ferrari and Mercedes at the moment is Mercedes tyre management. Is a lot better than what Ferraris is, and they they've they know how to keep. Maybe the you need to and they understand there. how to run a team and not just a maybe, clown show. Maybe just Leclerc needs to whinge a bit more on the radio, like Lewis does. Yeah, just to really make sure his tires are managed properly. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's talk about Mercedes. Though we're going to go into Lewis Hamilton finishing in third, and Valtteri. I'm very glad to say finishing first yep. and doing it for the team. Uh, he looked very happy, but he was a man on a mission, wasn't he? This time around, he just bloody got that lead and was like, "Yep, thanks very much." Exactly what he did in Melbourne. Yep. And yep. it was just see you later. I'm Go- staying in front forever. Gone. Uh, Just for me, for me, thirteen second gap. Yeah. For me, this this result needed to happen eight races ago. Yeah. And it's a shame it's taken this long. But Mercedes haven't been as dominant in the last five races, and nah. for him to to beat Lewis in qualifying, beat him in the race, I think it was good to see. Yep. Although I'm staggered to why Lewis made his second pit stop. I think he was really struggling from what he said on tyres. Well, he had he had ten seconds. He had eight seconds on Bottas with ten laps to go. Yeah. I think Bottas, but he had seventeen seconds on Vettel. Bottas was asking with, the question. He's like, "Is he pitting again?" Like, yeah, because <laughs> Bottas is like, "Please, can he? Please." <laughs> I'm shocked that they pitted him. I would have thought. I would have thought he stays out, yeah. gets track position on Vettel, and lets Bottas pass. But. I th- <sighs> I don't think, I think they'd Mercedes, go a little bit later with this first pit stop, maybe. It's like five more laps or something. Mercedes don't really care at this time. Yeah. Whether they came, whether they got a 1 2 or a 1 3, they won the constructors, constructors this week. So we need to congratulate yeah. them for that. Yay, we've still got five races <laughs> left. They probably should have locked it up a bit earlier. but <laughs> yeah. Thanks to um, sincerity there, Campy, as well. I really enjoyed the well, pity clap. But I think if. I'm doing a bit of psychology here, but I think Ooh. what? Hello. When VB... Let me get on the couch. Hang on. <laughs> when Lewis gets in front and VB's second, he just resigns himself to like, okay, the best I can do today is second. There's no way of changing that. And he just doesn't even try. He doesn't try to fight Lewis. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Lewis is always trying to fight. And this was the first yep. time we saw Everybody. VB go, you know what? This is me and I'm taking this race. I'm at front. If the team screws me over, it'll be very clear to all the spectators and everyone that they've taken this win away from me. Do you know what I mean? So this is his opportunity to go, it's mine. Like any other situation, he'd be asked to move over, asked to change spots, all those kind of things. This was clearly his race to win. If they took it away, it'd be very obvious that the team meddled in that. Yeah. No, it's good. I think think Hamilton's pretty much – he's locked down the world championship this year. I think – Barring any, he's got to he's got to not finish three out of the next five races. I think VB has to win everything except the last race, and Lewis has to not get in the points or something stupid. It's that ridiculous. It's sixty five points now, so yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's locked down, but it'll be, I think Bottas has got to get in. He's got to get he's got to get himself right mentally in these last five races in order to have some sort of encouragement that he can beat. Hamilton, not just on a one-off or two or three times a year, but consistently. If we look at Rosberg, the year that he won his last championship, he won. He ran the final four races and then won the first four races of the year that he won it. So he yeah. won eight on the trot, 
And psychologically, I think that put him ahead. I think that's what Bottas needs to do. Because last year's his last chance at a world championship. I think Bottas... Next year, sorry. Yep. His last yeah, last chance. Bottas puts himself in a good spot when he qualifies better than Lewis. If he doesn't, he's kind of psychologically going, well, this I'm second for this race. Yep. Bottas, he kind of just I resigns think, himself to it. I think you're it. right, Tommy, honestly. He's like, I'm not going to muck around. I'm not going to be stupid unless yep. it's obviously there off the start. But otherwise, he's like, you know what? This is Lewis's. He qualified better, whatever. Be the good teammate. Just fall in line. But Bottas has lost out on the starts this year because their qualifying's been fairly comparable yeah. mm-hmm. in the number of poles. Well, we look the, at Baku, remember that, how he, he kind of yielded pretty much to Lewis there. He had the inside. He could have been a bit of a jerk about that and stuck it to it, but he just pulled back. I thought it was the other way around. I thought Lewis came out. But there's a lot said, to be said for good teamwork. Like yeah, that. absolutely. And, and not forgetting the fact that there are a thousand people involved in putting yeah. you in that car and it's not just about you. No. And Valtteri is very good like I that. I don't think these two are ever going to have a – what was the racing point? In, um, well, it's the rivalry that, you know, Lewis is almost not broken but jettisoned all of his other teammates. Yeah. Rosberg, uh, Alonso, Button did pretty well against him. Mm. Before he swapped out and went jumped into Merck, but I mean that that is not the the Lewis Hamilton curse. But every uh, teammate he comes up against, he makes it incredibly difficult for them. But Bottas has managed to mm. stick his ground whilst it's still difficult for him. My point is he's kept it together and still like this result shows that you know it's not just Lewis's team. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But so what happens for the rest of the year then? Well, I was just going to say coming up next we've we've got Mexico which is going to be an interesting race. Max for the win. Well, Max did win Whoa. it last time. He had a 17.3 second gap and, to the two Ferraris. Danny Rick put it on pole at Mexico last year, didn't he? Uh, the good news is Danny Rick didn't finish last year. Oh, is all right. I is no, all I'm reading. He was running in third and then he had a mechanic. Where's Checo going to finish? He still put it on pole. He did put it on pole, that is true. And Max was second. Is Checo going to get points? No. No. <laughs> okay, well, no. that's good. Can't be no, decided. You don't need to watch anymore, anymore. Like <laughs> Just wait hung, for the podcast. Ah. Like the ring. Red Bull's dominated Mexico for the last two or three years. So, yeah. well, I think they'll win it. Anyway. I think McLaren will be strong too. They're, they're very similar to the Red Bull in track. Quality. I would love to see McLaren get a podium before the end of the year. Yeah. That'd be a Wouldn't that be great? It'd probably be Carlos as well because he's so consistent. So consistent. If you take out the first five races, Carlos has spanked Lando. Yep. yep. Absolutely spanked him. Carlos Lando's has been some... unlucky with some stuff, but you're not wrong. Yep. Oh, it's really good. But, gents, it's all to come. For, well, it's all to come. Really, the, the last part of the year, Mercedes has locked it away for the constructors. And let's be honest, I think Lewis has pretty much locked it away for the championship. Yeah. It'll be a tough slog out for, out for here, for us out here in Australia, these last four races. Yes, this was a fairly easy <laughs> race for us, yes. four o'clock in the afternoon. Lovely. It's not going to be that easy not the four going forward. Uh, well, boys, thank you very much. And also a big thank you f- to you if you have rated us five stars and subscribed. Of course, every time you download an episode of this podcast, it gets us one step closer to making sure we can get more content for you. And talking about more content, we do have a very special episode coming up very soon. Our first in the interview series for Oz F one but I want to give a shout out to Erie Park Erie uh, rating us five stars giving us a thumbs up saying a guaranteed focus on Ricardo as well as the best coverage of all the teams that I've found Erie a massive thank you to you we really appreciate your kind words and boys we really appreciate you looking forward to Mexico uh, next time around Thank 
<laughs> box, box, box. Why? 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 Box, box. This he lap. took out Lewis's wing mirror. Okay, we are yeah. checking. We are checking. Oh, you have killed either. five people. We are checking. <laughs> Make sure you get that in You there. do sound like that. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.